0: How's it going, everybody? This is Tyler. And this is Danny. We're Fried Squirms. We're here to get stoned and talk about horror movies. This week will be The Wailing. I want to make a correction. I'm pretty sure at the end of last episode I called it a Chinese flick. It is definitely Korean. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as some of the characters started popping up on screen, I was like, Oh, I made a bad mistake. I can immediately recognize that shit. Anyway, The Wailing, 2016. We'll get there in a minute. First, we have to get to our much, much-needed business, and that's getting stoned. Get our green hits in. Danny, what is—I mean, I know what's in front of me because it's it's written on this fucking tube, but what is this wonderful, wonderful joint that you brought me today? Awesome. So
1: this week I brought over a joint of the apple fritter strain, and this strain is a hybrid. It's a true hybrid, being that it's a 50-50 split. And with that being said, this is crossed through the classic sour apple and animal cookie strains. Now, from what I'm reading here, it's best known because it has made the High Times 2016's World Strongest Strains list, Mm. right? So, with that being said, it says the aroma is very similar in terms of it has a super sweet, fruity apple flavor with a lightly cakey vanilla exhale. So... The aroma, like I said, is very similar with an herbal effect to it. It says uh, here that is basically somewhere in between the 22 and 28% range. I believe this one is like somewhere around 24 to 25%, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Just under 24%, yeah. Okay.
1: So with that being said, it does help for those who need help with chronic pain, depression, insomnia, and stress. And the effects, uh, you'll feel... Nice and happy, hungry, relaxed. I mean, that's, you know, nothing out of the norm when when you're smoking anyway. So I've had a couple of uh, joints of this one, and I liked it.
0: Hell yeah. So I fucking, I was running errands this morning, and I couldn't be asked to get by a fucking Dispo, but I did load you up a bowl of some Euphoria, and I've been smoking on it for the past week, and I've been really enjoying it. But Euphoria is bred mostly from various skunk strains. Uh, it was created around the early 2000s by the uh, Amsterdam Dutch Passion Seed Company. Even though it's bred from skunk strains, they bred it to be a little bit more sweeter and floral than what you normally get from skunks. And it should be leading to more of a upbeat social high. So... Like I said, I've, I know I've been smoking on it for the past week. It's been kind of my, if I'm going to sit down at the computer, I tend to like to have something to actually light up rather than just hit my fucking carts or something. And so it's what my go-to. I know I've been enjoying it, so you have to let me know what you think. Hell yeah. Let's see. With that being said, I'd like to remind everybody to go check out our Patreon. There's getting to be more and more content because we're doing Patreon-only shit. That being said, I think currently I have to hit up some customer service and make sure something updates the way it's supposed to, because I don't think something's currently updating cor- correctly, but that'll be fixed by the time this episode's out. So remember, if you go check that out and even sign up to be a patron at our lowest $1 level, you could have listened to this last week. I made sure this past couple weeks that I even have nice instructions on how to get your episodes early <laughs> up on there. That's so awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, even at our lowest level, you can get episodes a week early. As you go up in levels, you're going to end up getting extra content for that mid-level. We definitely now will have, once a month, an episode dropping for y'all yeah, as we exactly. do our lookbacks. So that's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks as we go to hit Wizard of Gore. But we're not there yet. So, I don't know. Look out for that. Patreon.com slash fried squirms. I say we should get into the Guts and Bolts of the whaling, though. What do you say? I'm down. Let's do it. Guts and Bolts. All right, I'm pretty sure I've already said the name of the flick like two or three times, but here we are, Guts and Bolts for the whaling. Who and what went into this flick? Spoiler free. We'll get to the spoilers in a bit. Start off with our setup for the movie. Oh, God, there's a lot going on, isn't there? Hmm. Okay, spoiler free, a series of murders starts happening in a small Korean village. And as the police go to investigate, there might be something supernatural going on. And maybe his family's getting involved? (laughs) And also there's a weird rash happening. That's going to be the setup for like the three main things that collide in this movie, I think. So, Yeah, oh man, there's going to be some fun conversation Mm -hmm. up ahead. But
1: with that being said, we do like to talk about our cast and crew from week to week. And this week, our director and writer is a gentleman. His name is Na Hong Chin. And he's known primarily for a few films. Those films include The Chaser and a film called Yellow Sea. That's his directorial credits. And one other credit, along with writing those two films, is the film The Medium. Right, Our cinematographer on this is a gentleman named Hong Kyung-pyo. And we've actually talked about one of the films in this series. Not the, necessarily this one, but he is responsible for the segment Memories in the film Three Extremes Part 2. Mm. He's also responsible for the films M, the film Mother, Snowpiercer, parasite and deliver us from evil all right the editor on this is a gentleman we've actually talked about before but this is gim sun min and the reason why is because we talked about him back on episode 35 when we talked about the film the host now he's also responsible for editing the films memories of murder hansel and gretel that's the actual korean film mm-hmm. the chaser and the yellow sea all right, now, another person we've talked about before, but the music was composed by Cheng yong Yo, and they actually were responsible for the segment Cut in Three Extremes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was actually a pretty fun one. Yeah, that was. All right, they also composed the music for Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, The oh. Good, The Bad, The Weird, The Yellow Sea, and Train to Busan.
0: Look, I've brought up The Good, The Bad, The Weird a number yeah. of times. That movie fucking kicks ass, so. That's awesome.
1: And Dal Palan is another who helped compose the music. And they're responsible for the films Our Point, which is actually a film I own. It's one of those tartan extreme films I was talking about, mm. I think, last week. All right. They're also responsible for A Bittersweet Life and The Good, the Bad, and the Weird and a film entitled Believer. All right. This is produced by Su Dong Kyung and Kim Ho Song. Production companies in this were Twentieth Century Fox, Fox International Production, Ivanhoe Pictures, and Side Mirror. The distributor for the 2016 Korean theatrical release was Twentieth Century Fox, had a release date on May twelfth, two thousand sixteen in Korea, had an estimated budget somewhere between six and a half to eight million dollars, and it grossed somewhere between forty nine point nine to about fifty-one point three million dollars worldwide. So wow. not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. No. All right, so moving into our cast. Wow, really? That much off of, what did you say, 8 million? Yeah, somewhere around 6.5 to about 8, roughly. Why don't I hear more people talking about this? Anyway. Uh, Well, it's Korean, first off, but it's okay. That's why we're here. All right, so moving into our cast. We have Kwak do Wan, and he plays the role of Jong-gu. Now, a few other films of note from this gentleman. He was in the film Mother. He's also in the film The Yellow Sea, a film titled Nameless Gangster, Rules of the Time. He was a part of the television series Phantom from 2012. He's also in the film The Attorney, Asora, The City of Madness, in the film Steel Rain. All right, we have Wang Junmin. He plays Il Gwang, which is the shaman in the film. Mm-hmm. A few films of note from him, he was also in the film A Bittersweet Life, Ode to My Father, the film Veteran, the Himalayas. He was also in Asara, the City of Madness, in the film Deliver Us from Evil. We have Chun Wuhi. She plays the role of Mu who is Lady in White. And actually, Mu Wong means uh, no name in Korean. Right. Okay. So that's so it makes sense. All right. But she was in the films Mother. There is a film she was in called Hangok Ju, And she was also in the films The Beauty Inside and Love Lies. All right. We have Jun Kunamura. He is the Japanese stranger. This is actually a gentleman we've talked about a couple of different times before. Those reasons include the films Each of the Killer, back on episode 87. That was our second test your fright with our guest, Jeff. And we also talked about him on episode 121 in the film Audition. Right now, a couple of other films of note. He's been in actually some really cool films. His first non-Japanese film was in the film Black Rain from 1989. It's a Michael Douglas film, which is kind of wild. It was oh, also, shit. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> which I think it was kind of like a play on Purple Rain, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Michael Douglas,
0: Andy Garcia? Yeah, I mean, look at the fucking poster on that, right? He's directed by Ridley Scott? I don't think I ever saw that flick. Yeah, I don't recall
1: watching it. I remember seeing like bits and pieces, but not enough to like tell you what the hell it's about. All right, a few other films A note from uh, June. Hard-boiled. Yeah, I was going to say he was in the film Hard-boiled back in 92. He was in the film Chaos from 2000. He was also in a, um, a tomi film, which is called Forbidden Fruit, back in 2002. Kill Bills 1 and 2. Right. Boss, Boss Tanaka. Tanaka. That's pretty awesome, man. He's also in the film Vital, which is another, I believe, Tartan Extreme release that was mm. back in 2004. He was in the
0: Godzilla Final Wars film, also in 2004. Oh, you know what? I still haven't watched it, but Shin Godzilla is supposed to be amazing. I think I've heard of that as well.
1: Yeah, there, I think there's another film I brought up last week was Why Don't You Play in Hell? That's another mm-hmm. one I'm kind of curious about. He was in Attack on Titan. I think it was actually, he voiced a couple of different characters. He
0: was also. Right, I believe uh, Shin Godzilla, I think, is also animated. Ooh, I'm no, not sure. I don't remember if that's the animated one or not. There was one that got big that was animated. I can't remember if that's the one, but. Oh, yeah, I hate to say which one either, but. Yeah, it looks like he's lent his
1: voice. He's been in several television series, won several awards and things of that nature, too, So, which is really cool. He's actually, he won two awards for Best Supporting Actor and Popular Star Award for this film. Mm. That's pretty awesome. Okay. So moving forward, we've got a couple of other people. We've got uh, Kim wan Yi. She plays a role of uh, Hugh Chen, which is uh, Junggu's daughter. A few things of note from her. She was in the television series... Invisible Lee Pyong King, that was back in 2010. She was in the short horror film called Night Fishing, and she was also in the television series You Are the Best back in 2013. All right, we have... Jeng so Young, she is Jung-gyu's wife. She was also in the film Yellow Sea by our director. She's in the film Veteran. She was in the television series My Father is Strange. She was also in the television series Something in the Rain. The television series Crash Landing on You back in 2019 in the film Peninsula. All right, we have Kim Do won He plays the role of Young Isam, which is like the deacon, guy who can speak Japanese.
0: Oh, right, right, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: All right, a few things of note from him. He was in the film Lucky Monster. He was in the film Peninsula in the television series Hellbound from 2021. All right, we have Song geng plays Oh Song buk which is Jung-gu's partner, his uh, detective partner. He was in the film Memories of Murder, Days of Wrath, and Unstoppable. Actually, I shouldn't bring this up. I did recently watch Memories of Murder. It's good films, actually, based off a true story. Mm. All right, and... Certainly not last, but, and not least, but this is the last person I have in our main credits is a gentleman named Jung Minam. He plays the role of hyeong right? He was actually one of the guys in the taxi. He was like one of the taxi burglars in I Saw the Devil, back in episode 54. No shit. Yeah. A little bit of a spoiler. Um, he's, he gets ganked in that one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty awesome. All right. A few other things of note from him. He was in the good, the bad, and the weird, and the film The Age of Shadows. Which one was Young Guk in this one? Uh, he was the guy, the very first guy we see
0: get infected. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Some of the names I remember who's who. Some of if I don't remember who you are, though, it's like, oh. Yeah, I mean, there's several other people, but that's pretty much the people mm-hmm. of, of note here. But,
1: uh, yeah, yeah. That pretty much rounds out our cast and crew. You gave us kind of a brief setup of what this film entails. Should
0: give some warnings heading into the next section. Warnings. Let's see. We try to stay spoiler-free. But this, I think think we have to say that there's minor spoilers. (laughs) Because there's supernatural stuff that borders on religious. And, I mean... I know what our streams look like. So I know that we have mostly an American audience, but honestly it could come at you from two sides because they're also playing around with traditional Korean spiritual things too. Yes. So there's like from a normal Western Judeo Christian, there's like ghost slash demons type stuff happening, but it's not only approached from that angle. I would agree with that. It's hard <clears> not to. So if that's not your deal, don't go for that. There's some blood, some kind of decent gore. You don't see it too much. It's no, more the blood, but it's, it's there. It's there. I mean, we said that he start, he's a police officer and there's murders happening. So I guess what I'm getting at is the crime scenes are kind of gnar. Yes, I agree. There's going to be scenes of
1: animal violence and stuff Mm -hmm. like that too, you know. So we have to bring that up. There's,
0: um, there's Uh, just a touch of nudity technically, but you can't really see it.
1: There's some intimations at like sexual stuff, you know, but you don't necessarily see much, if anything, at all.
0: We know a character got raped, but you don't. That's kind of yeah, what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, you see the very beginning, I guess, of that confrontation, but that's, but that's not even that's not that's, violent. It's just No, it's just it sets up some other expo mm-hmm. language. I mean it's subtitled language. But yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, there's language. <laughs> At least
1: subtitled Whether for you us. want to read it or not. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny.
0: Um, um, I suppose if you understand Korean, there might even be more language that we just Didn't get to see because they didn't translate it. You know, that's a solid point, too. Maybe there's, like, some slang in there, too, that we're not familiar with. That could happen. I wouldn't be surprised. Anyway. I think that about covers it. Did we get everything? As far as I know. I mean, there might be some, like, disturbing scenes with photography, perhaps. Uh, Also, warning, I guess. The runtime of this movie is 156 minutes. Jesus, yeah. Warning, (laughs) two and a half hour fucking movie, so, yeah. But, 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 but I think we'll warning you need an afternoon to oh, to set aside for this. Yeah, we'll get into it and I don't want to try to defend it quite yet. <laughs> no, no. I I've sp- I think that's the biggest reason we heard about this like 30 movies ago. We didn't choose it till now because <laughs> we kind of didn't want to do a two and a half hour movie yeah. after some of the others. Solid point. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I just it's fair to throw that out as a warning. By the way, I give the same warning for The Batman. Good movie. You kind of have to devote an afternoon to it. (laughs) With that, I guess let's just, like, get into how it made us squeal so we can actually talk about this bitch. How does that make you squeal? All right. The Wailing. We got to it. I don't know. We haven't talked about it much on air, but it's kind of been in our back pocket for probably about the last half year now at least. I I would say that's when we first really started noticing that, like, oh, all these fucking different listicles tend to put this pretty fucking high up there. We should probably check it out. (laughs) Real glad we did. No kidding. Let's address that length issue right off the bat. I kind of didn't mind it. And this, I think it's okay. You know, two and a half hours still long.
1: You know what I mean? But... I think because of what happens and what's going on, that
0: it still has a nice flow to it. Yeah, I was trying to think about this late, earlier, and I feel like the length is needed to flesh out the kind of twists that happen. I wouldn't say there there's maybe one true twist in this movie, but there's a, a couple times where it kind of changes tone. Right. I think upon first watch, too, it's... It's one of those. It's like you're going to have to pay a little bit of
1: attention to what the hell's going on. Otherwise, you're going to get lost.
0: Yeah, I did feel a lot, especially first time through. There was bits where I felt lost and I was like, wait, what? Oh, Okay.
1: exactly that. And same thing for me, because I tend to watch these things in segments,
0: especially long movies. So, yeah, there was some of that going on for me the first time through. And it's kind of weirdly understated compared to a lot of movies. This movie does a lot of things. In that time period. But you don't necessarily notice that it's doing them. This movie definitely benefits from a second time through.
1: 100%. Yeah.
0: But I think some of the shit, it's even if you just sit there and actually think about it for a minute. Once the movie's over, you're like, oh, wait. Oh. Okay. Oh. This is clever. I like it. And even if I wanted to trim this, I don't know where I would.
1: No, that's why I say. I think... The way, like you kind of said it, there's it's not like there's a, a hell of a lot going on, but I think there's enough going on to where it starts to piece these threads together in a really neat way with all these other narratives going on at the same
0: time. It's like, oh, it's you have to play a little bit of like a detective game yourself. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like if I was going to trim this movie, I wouldn't actually trim it. I'd end up making it longer. I would just turn it into like a th- Three part miniseries that would be cool. Like in maybe one one hour blocks. Yeah, so it technically end up being longer, but <clears throat> but like each a three bit, act yeah re- yeah. I think that's <clears throat> I like that. I mean, I already said it once. Like it does kind of change tone at times. It does. It's not like a big old genre flip, like audition yeah. or something. No, 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 no. But like the beginning. It's kind of just like a serial killer thriller. Yeah, so it's more of a detective. Until story. it starts getting weirder. Yes, and then <laughs> at a certain point, it's Korean Exorcist.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it evolves more into like a the family drama
0: that accompanies some horror films. Not all, mm-hmm. you know, certain horror films. And then by the end, it's it doesn't feel like The Exorcist anymore, no, but no, 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 no. it's. I don't know what I would compare the end to. No, it has some spiritual
1: consequences, I suppose, mm-hmm. depending on how you want to read into it. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd have to think a little bit more on that too. You know, I, because I don't know if there's a fair comparison either. Maybe right, right now at least
0: that midsection though is straight up exorcist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not just because they're performing an exorcism; it's just kind of exorcisty. It definitely has that. <laughs> you know, and we have, like, five minutes of I Know What You Did Last Summer thrown in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny, yeah. God, it is. That's funny. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. God, ass. Yeah, dude. The wailing. Biggest problem with this long movie. There's a lot of shit that happens. Yeah. I mean, the way
1: I try to tackle this film in terms of notes, to be... Quite Frank, because typically in films, I try to take notes on the important parts in terms of like the beats, like what's happening maybe in the opening segment that is of importance. All right. How does this help me get to this next beat or this next, you know, but this one was like, you know what? If I do that, it's going to take me fucking forever, man, because there's so, there is a lot going on with all these characters. I was like, but there is honestly outside of the villagers themselves, there's three main characters, I believe. Yeah. In this film. And I wrote it down as the Japanese guy, the shaman, and the lady in white. Ooh, now
0: before we get too far, the Japanese guys, did you read who they offered that part to? I I did not. Okay, so first off, this movie actually did kind of well in a culty way in Japan. Because they picked an established Japanese actor that already has like a big fan base. And definitely not because it was actually promoted in Japan because, <laughs> spoiler section, the bad guy is the Japanese guy. Yeah, and being that this is and, a Korean film. And they did not want to, like... Yeah, that has some some brevity, some weight. So apparently it only it's played cool in context. not very many theaters there. I can understand why. I can understand. It, like, it's probably more cultish, mm-hmm. shit, art house cinema. Who they offered it to beat Takeshi. hmm
1: Man, that's kind of funny. I was thinking about him earlier when I was going through these (laughs) fucking notes because
0: it's like some of these films look like Beat could have been in them. Dude, I mean, look, he fucking Boss Tanaka killed it, but. Oh, dude, come on. We're talking about Beat here. How awesome would Beat have been? That would have been sweet. No, like I said, there's no discredit to Jim because he does a great job. No, it does an amazing job. We just are big fans of Beat Takeshi around here. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) what can I say? You know? So, I But I, just, I thought it was hilarious when I found out that he was the first choice. <laughs> that is wild. I mean, but I can, I can understand it, and I can definitely see it. And, but it was also for the same reason. They were like, look, we know that we're kind of doing the Japanese dirty in this. Right. We're, we want to put at least a big star in there and be like, cool. Like, look, you, yeah, no, you it, got something. <laughs> it's maybe a diplomatic way of doing it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Like, get
1: a well-known, established Japanese actor, you know, male actor to step in and like that's kind of your your bridge I suppose but like hey it's don't take
0: it way too serious right we're gonna look one of your stars is cool with it yeah please be cool with it I know it's like (laughs) I don't know
1: you know maybe maybe a little bit from our western view it's easy to say that Mm -hmm. you know because it's like I don't know historically for them it could be like no you don't get it
0: (laughs) I can't do that yeah (laughs) So, you know, but, I mean, we but we see the same sort of things with Hollywood movies, oh, though, where they'll sure, cast dude. certain actors just to appeal to certain countries and yeah, stuff.
1: Yeah, I could, you know, in a way, it is kind of like pandering. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I understand it, though. Yeah, yeah. That's, look, it's show business. Right, dude, it's entertainment. That's the whole point. Exactly. So, that's what I'm
0: saying. I there's always that business part. So. Yeah, there's money to be made, man. <laughs> so, yes. Anywho. So Big Beats, I guess, would be first crime scene happens. Yes, yes. And it's Gnar. Oh, yeah, it's right off the bat. Well, isn't there technically like a couple of them? Because there's the place where dude got killed, but then the body got drugged to the other house where there was the first crime scene they actually go to. Yeah, it's fucked. (laughs) It's Yeah, it's fucked from the jump, yeah.
1: I think something that's important to note is how this film opens as well. Yeah, it opens up with a quote, which is like oh, a right. freaking biblical quote.
0: Yeah, yeah, the... the um, Luke, whatever it is. Luke, Oh, I'm going to try to pull this out of my ass, but I think I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to say it was Luke 16, 22 through 26. Yeah, I'm not sure, because I didn't write it down. I was like, ah, already? Dang it. <laughs> I don't know if that's correct. But I remember yeah. the context was it's Jesus showing back up to the apostles, yeah, and nice. going, "Look, I'm not a ghost. Ghosts don't have skin and bones like I have." Exactly. I mean, that's that's the whole point of it, right?
1: But how it starts is with the Japanese guy out fishing, and he's you know hooking a worm, and it's like, okay, that's kind of neat. Especially oh, the second I never time, thought about that second time through because yeah. of what's been said. You know, so let's just leave that there because right after, yes, it it opens with our lead actor, you know, and he's getting called out to a crime scene, and that's kind of what sets these things in motion. Because in these crime scenes, it's usually a family, and one of the family members is, you know, the the killer or what have you, and they have these lesions and boils and rash or what have you on them, and they look fucked. Yeah. (laughs) you know, let alone the crime scene they left behind. So that's kind of sets these things in motion. Like you said, it sounds like this has
0: been happening. Who knows for how long at this point? So I think one of the the understated things about this movie is how much when you're paying attention to the details, certain patterns emerge. Mm -hmm. And second time through one of the things that I picked up most from that first crime scene is that. He remembers that that family had a kid when he sees their shoe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. There's little clues sprinkled throughout this film. Also, the uh, the plant, yeah, the flower. I didn't notice that till the second time through. Exactly. I was like, or it, oh. or it's like significance. Like they show it,
1: and you're like, okay, that that means something, but I don't fucking know what exactly. Right. Yeah. It's just a a brief glimpse, a hint. If you will. But I like that. It's setting these things up. They're kind of like, okay, you need to pay
0: a little attention to this stuff. Also, this movie's by no means a horror comedy. No. It's kind of funny.
1: It has moments. It does. Because, like,
0: the cops are kind of inept, bumbling idiots. <laughs> yeah. Our homeboy, our fucking protagonist. He's, he's a bit is, of a mess, dude. He's a bit of a mess. He kind of sucks at his job. And the the story, I mean, I suppose in my description, I could have said it's about a policeman discovering how far he'll go to protect his family. Because that's kind of his arc is like he keeps getting pushed. to. He's like this bumbling, inept cop, and he keeps having to get pushed to be a hard ass in some way or another. (laughs) I know, right? You know, that's a solid point.
1: It's like, in in a sense, it's kind of like the Barney Five kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like he's just kind of bumbling his way through. And this is kind of like the big break happening in this small town and happens
0: to be in his town It well, doesn't like the chief even call him out for that like think this is going to be your big fucking break huh working on this case Basically. and dude's just like dude there was just a murder and i'm trying to solve it yeah and like i'm sorry i'm late <laughs> it's but you're right there there is humor and i think the thing
1: and the more not just with korean or maybe japanese or whatnot but i think in asian in general is the humor is more, it's not just cultural, but it's kind of like the day-to-day humor kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe we kind of take for granted. And, and some Yeah, of nobody's cracking
0: you know, jokes in this.
1: No, no, no. It's just, you know, it's a cultural joke.
0: Yeah. You know, but it, it, it is funny. There's like a couple scenes where it happens, but whenever he goes to fucking talk to his boys at like the shop. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever it is. Like, I, is it a little restaurant or something? What, like, you yeah. know where I'm talking. And like those assholes. Like the way that they all fucking talk to each other is just funny. That's kind of what
1: I'm saying. It's those little things like that, little glimpses into um, other people's lives
0: as well. It's just kind of neat. It's kind of a voyeuristic Mm -hmm. thing in a way. (laughs) Not plus his fucking back and forth with his partner over them trying to figure out what actually fucking happened. Yeah, there's some funny. And telling each other's fucking the stories and shit. Yeah. Like, oh shit, wasn't wouldn't that be scary?
1: Yeah, and he's like, fuck off. He basically, <laughs> he's blaming the other guy for, like, putting those things in his mind. hmm You know, which I think we've we've run across that before. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe in, in this particular light, but, you know, it's still humorous. It's still funny. It
0: lends to what's actually going on in the story, too. Because, let's see, after that first crime scene, God, what, what do we end up with? They're talking about the murders and shit. You get the the deer story from one of their friends.
1: Yeah, there's like, um, I, I don't remember if it's Tim who brings it up, but there's like a rumor going around town that the Japanese guy, like this stuff has been happening once he started
0: to arrive or once he arrived and he might be a ghost and all this other shit. And then like you get a little bit of the home life to <laughs> fucking him and his old lady having to sneak out to the fucking That's car to get it on. Pretty funny. That's pretty funny.
1: Because the, the girl, so here's the thing the first time through, because I didn't know exactly who all these characters were. And, you know, I was like, oh, is that, is that like a, a Annie or a mistress? I didn't realize I was literally the wife. Right, right, right. Because normally, and this is not always, but normally you don't see the wife being like that forward. It's usually like a mistress in the background or something. So I just took it as like the daughter caught him banging the like I the thought mom.
0: that was the case at first but no, too I was like no that's the mom and then I realized that it's just they're trying to get it on but they live with a daughter well, and, and the mom yeah, or and yeah. the grandma or whatever right and
1: it was like oh that makes a lot more fucking sense yeah <laughs> you gotta sneak those in you know when you can <laughs> and even then the daughter's like ah shit you know
0: what the fuck was the daughter doing trying to open the fucking door
1: I know what are you doing to my mom <laughs> is she possessed yet <laughs> I know <laughs> You know, but little stuff like that.
0: Well, and then, especially because later on, he, like... He goes and, like, takes her out for He her takes day. her out for the day, as you do, when your fucking kid catches you having sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the the thing... And, but then he, she's... At a certain point, she's like, it's not the first time. I Yeah, I know, right? Like, oh, and he's
1: like, wait, what? What the fuck? <laughs> uh, they have a moment out on that pond or, lake, whatever they're at. And that's where that Japanese guy... Here mm-hmm. is again. So there's little things like that. They'll interject characters here and there in little scenes, but that's one of those. So as this is progressing, right, uh, you get a little bit of the family dynamic. You get, you know, some of what's going on with these murders and things of that nature. And I think it's at one of the nights that he happens to be back at the precinct or whatever that the power goes off, and then that naked woman shows up. Mm -hmm. And that kind of starts to fuck with both of those guys, you know, and um, it's not long after that. It's like uh, they get called out to a crime scene. I think it's isn't her family. Yes, but they don't know that quite right away. Right. Exactly. But this is where they actually meet that um, woman in white. Right. She's like
0: throwing rocks at them. So this is the burnt down house crime scene. Right. Yeah. When they're like they're pulling out the burnt bodies, like obviously a burning happened the lady comes out he recognizes her she's fucking mental right wasn't tries to take a bite of him yeah that's it's wild it's like what is what is going on man afterwards the medical examiner is like look bro we found fucking stab wounds on them yeah like, they was were just the this wasn't a burn they were stabbed first like a bunch of times <laughs> yeah <laughs> like a shit ton of times yeah, and they go
1: back out to that crime scene, and they find the knife and all that stuff. But that's what I'm getting at is like they they run into the woman in white, and which is interesting. Like the reason she's throwing the stones, if you will, is if you want to take on those biblical terms, is uh, those
0: without sin cast right. the first stone. This is the spoiler section. We already said the Japanese guy actually is the evil one. She's good, right? We don't know that at yet. No, you don't There's know what no the fuck way is going, to going on with that her. yet. Yeah. Right. But what's also
1: interesting is she's actually wearing the jacket of one of the guys in this film. Uh, Park Chan I, I can't. Yeah, I think so. I can't remember the name right off the top of my head, but I think you're right. But she's she's basically warning uh, Junggu about the Japanese guys. Like, hey, you know, he's a ghost, and you know, the he'll show up in in your dreams, and it's like it's kind of a warning. She's like, you know, if you're already seeing him and he's appearing, it's like he's marked you. He's basically and he's after you. Yeah. You know, so she's warning them. But once again, you don't know this yet. You don't really know this. You know, she's know it's a warning, but it's like, how the fuck would she know this? And then well, by the time he goes to tell his partner and shit, she's gone. Mm-hmm.
0: You're like, oh, fuck. Okay. I was going to try to notice this the second time through. And I realized that I spaced the exact line. And then, like, I looked at something right when when she said her name and I was, couldn't be asked to fucking go rewind 15 <laughs> seconds, but I noticed, how did you, how did you watch this? Cause I watched it on shutter. I did as well. I did too. Did they in the subtitles mention that her name translates to no name?
1: You know, I don't remember paying attention to that to be honest. because this
0: was some of the most interesting subtitles I've ever ran across. First off, In one of the very first lines in the movie they misspell something when it's doing the fucking jesus translation they misspelled doubt (laughs) which i was like oh shit is this going to be shitty all the way through it wasn't it was actually like i mean i don't i can't translate to know exactly how good they did but but to me it seemed like it was good subtitles other than they were almost trying too hard During that opening segment, they were translating both the credits on screen at the same time as what the people were saying. No, I hate that shit. And I was like, fuck, you don't have to give me the credits. The wildest thing about them translating the credits was they were like, producer, this. And then in English, after that name, gave a couple of the fucking movies that that person produced.
1: Oh, dang. You know, I I I think I did see that. Yeah, now that you mentioned that.
0: But later in the A movie, what this is why I was going to look to see if they mentioned that her name means no name in the mm-hmm. subtitles. Because after you meet her, and later on when you meet the translator Deacon Kid, he says what his name is. <laughs> and the dude's like, what, really?
1: <laughs>
0: because in the subtitles, they actually show that his name translates to 23. Yeah, like what, really? And I remember thinking that that, I don't know if I've ever seen that in a subtitle before, where they gave somebody's name that's technically kind of a joke name and then translated what it actually was after it. You know? And so I was actually able to follow that when he was like, Really? I was like, Yeah, really? Somebody named you 23?
1: <laughs> it's funny, but yeah, I, I do remember seeing that now that you mentioned that. Hmm. I, yeah, because I can't think of another film that's ever done that. Like, not only
0: translates the word, but gives you the, the definition. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know like, if I've ever okay. seen
0: that before. I'm good with that. Which is, I was <laughs> impressed it to, by yeah. it, but it makes me wonder if they did say that she was no name, because I don't remember. No, I don't recall that either. And it, I, it seems weird yeah. to give that his name is 23 and not point out that she is no name. Exactly, but. No, I don't remember that.
1: Um, here's here's where I think it starts to get you know interesting a little bit more interesting is when there's like a hunter who winds up like he's in the woods he fucking falls down bumps his head wakes up sees the fucking Japanese guy eating venison, and a deer you know whatever and starts to come after him mm-hmm. and you know we kind of get the classic like oh he disappeared he must be gone you hear a snap you know like oh shit there he is right there on the rock coming after me you know and then it kind of jars back and forth between that guy and then Jung-Goon or, you know, him having the, the nightmare or jung having his nightmare and shit like that. But the way he does, the way he does it too, he's kind of like cresting out of his his sleep and things yeah. like that in front of his family. <laughs> like, damn, it's kind of funny. But the whole point is, is like that nightmare is letting you know, like that demon or that
0: spirit is starting to creep. Well, and that that nightmare lines up with the story that dude was telling back at the precinct. Right. And we had already gotten like a flash of because they present his story as something yes. on screen yes. as something that's happening until he's like, wouldn't that be scary? And it cuts to them in the yeah, precinct and, like, and you realize. God. <laughs> yeah. Like who told you that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff that I do enjoy about this style of filmmaking. You know, it's like they, they can interject things like that and it makes sense. It's still a joke, but it still makes sense. It's still serious in this. Banner.
0: Oh right, and so then I can't remember if it's directly after all that, but him and his partner are like, well maybe we should go fucking talk to that hunter dude, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's when, we're, like you say, we're introduced to that guy's mm-hmm. cousin or whatever he is is like the deacon who can mm-hmm. speak Japanese, like like you said, his name's twenty three. So yeah, they go out to the Japanese guy's place. Yeah, you know, it was right
0: after. Um,
1: Oh. Well, no, I think it,
0: first. Who oh, is it? The hunter who shows them, or like the hunter takes them out. Yeah, they take him up. He's they're they're asking about this story, and he's like, "Well, look, there's nothing in my freezer." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." So, like, maybe you were out drinking. We don't we don't fucking know. Right. And he, they're like, "You got any proof?" And he's like, "Fuck yeah, I got proof." Let's go up to the fucking mountain. Yeah, and they find the deer carcass yep. right where it should be. Like, yeah. oh shit. And he's like, yeah, that dude's place
1: is, like, right over there. I'm going back. <laughs> Fuck this. Uh, but, you know, as they're doing all that, somewhere among it, like, the storm breaks out. The guy says something to them, and he gets struck by lightning. Yeah. You know, and he survives it. He's all fucked up, and his wife is basically like, you know, what's the point of staying healthy and taking on this tonic if you're going to get struck by lightning? That's another dark comedy joke, mm-hmm. or, you know, dark humor joke. But, um. Somewhere there too, I can't remember whose whose death it was, but they try to attribute it to mushrooms, like
0: it was making the guy trip or something like that. I think it was the the first the first murder. They were saying that that dude he had lesions and flipped out and killed his family because yeah, and, he was on shrooms.
1: And they're like, I don't ever recall shrooms ever making you do that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that's where the rumor became mm-hmm. a little bit more prominent. Yeah, that's what kind of set the shit in motion. But, yeah, after they make it there. After the lightning. Yeah.
0: oh We haven't mentioned that Hugh Jen started feeling bad, right? Not yet. Yeah, we haven't mentioned that yet. Because after the lightning is when she has her nightmare. You. Yeah. And uh, we learned some interesting things about her because she's starting to have this
1: character switch. I and mean, it starts, like, with her appetite. You know, and I think it's the mother-in-law notices is like, hey, she doesn't eat fish, you know. And she's devoured like 10 fish. Yeah, like she has this insatiable diet, you know.
0: So something's something's happening here, you know. When asked about the nightmare, she's just like, there's a strange man trying to get in. Like, okay, this is interesting, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But once, yeah, Jung-goon and
1: his detective buddy and that detective buddy's... Because it's his nephew, or whatever. Yeah, they make it back out to the woods. They, they discover the hut, and uh, Japanese guys out there, and he's got a dog. And well, he's the, not out there yet. No, no, no. They kind of dick around. They're looking mm-hmm. around. They're snooping around, and they find some stuff. And it's like not that he's hiding it very well, you know. But they break open a lock, and they see some shit in the side room: a bunch of
0: pictures, some weird culty satanic kind of shit well i was about to say that's where the movie got really interesting for me because up to this point i was like okay i kind of knew that it was supposed to be a ghost story and i was kind of trying to be like maybe his daughter's a ghost the entire time yeah i was kind of wondering like
1: but then like she interacts with
0: like the other uh, police officers at the precinct and i'm like okay she's not a ghost is anybody dead already no it doesn't seem like a what's going on like The woman in white seems weird, but I wonder if that just ties into something. And this was even first time through. I'm like, I wonder if that ties into some sort of like Korean spiritualism that I just don't get, which spoilers. I still don't 100% get it, but she does seem to be the village deity. Yeah, you could definitely say that. But that was the part when you get into the Japanese dude's house and they bust into that room and it's like. Western satanic style, like, yeah, I'm I like, recognize right. that shit. I'm like, Blair Witch is here. I know. I was like, <laughs> you know what? All right, I like this. Let's see where this is going, mm-hmm. you
1: know. And you're right, that Japanese guy shows back up. You're like, uh oh,
0: what? Let's see what? How's he gonna confront them about this, right? Well, because the dog was freaking out on him, yeah. And then as soon as he shows up, dog's fine. I know, just goes like, and like, all right, um. But, man, that's so sketchy. I will say, when the dog fucking rips itself off the chain and comes at him, might be the only fucking continuity error I noticed in the movie when 23 and our protagonist fucking jump into the house, they just dive in. Yeah, and don't shut the door behind them. <laughs> no. But it immediately cuts to the dog the having door. to bust through the door. Yeah, that's solid. That's a solid point. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there's, you know, shit like that going on, and the poor guy, he he always seems to be getting like snatched by something. Hmm. You know. Yeah. They. I can't remember exactly when or how they leave, but they they eventually leave. I think they find
0: like. Well, it's weird that first time they're basically just all freaked out from the experience, and they just when the Japanese guy shows up, they just basically fuck off. Yeah, like, all right, we're out of here. Which weirded me out after Homeboy found that room, but...
1: Yeah, and and because in that room, what he finds, that's what it is. He finds um, Jung-Goon's, his daughter's fucking shoe in that room, or jung daughter's shoe. And that, like, really fucks him up, because that's when she starts to get a little bit sicker. And, and that's the shoe yeah.
0: having to do with the kid wrapping back around. Mm-hmm. It's not the same circumstance at all, but no, the but... movie highlights it in a weird way where you're like okay there's this pattern happening again yeah you're right and because that that makes him mad and infuriates him so that's well, kind of like turned. just showing showing the hunter fucking fall down the hill like two yeah. or three times in this movie it doesn't happen two or three times right but once again it's the story finding a way to just circle back in i on think itself. that's smart yes because there are moments of that you're right mm-hmm and that's where some of that
1: you have to pay attention, otherwise you'll get kind of lost. Like, ooh, didn't we just see that? What 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 happened? What's going on? You're right, it's just looping itself back in. But yeah, Junggu, he goes back to uh, the Japanese guy's house. but this time because of all that evidence from earlier, it's well, gone,
0: right? Oh right. He okay. That's when he smashes well, up. Well, before players. he goes back the second time was what the weird, creepy scene where It's not really creepy because he's not being a perv about it. But his daughter calls him out for being creepy because she's doing the personality change when he's looking for the rash on her. That's a good point. Yeah, he's looking for the rash. Um, As she's
1: sleeping. Yeah, he's like going through her her bag and stuff and he finds like all those drawings.
0: Which once again felt very Western possession compared to what we've seen from Eastern possessions. Some conjuring kind of stuff. Or even, like, The Ring. or Yeah. Or, I mean, I guess like Ring that. originated Eastern, but you know yeah, what I mean. I know like, what you're saying, though.
1: It it's definitely has more of a Western feel, more
0: so. But I still get it. I know you'd be like, well, yeah, it originated in the East. Which, look, this movie, I think one of the high points of it is the fact that it blends those things in a way that even if you don't know the specifics of what's going on, you understand what it's supposed to mean. I agree with that. And from what I understand is that our writer-director did a lot of research on traditional Korean spirituality and Christianity so that he'd be able to be like, kind as you work the towards the evil, both sides could recognize it as evil. Okay.
1: And that makes sense. That makes sense. I like that.
0: It's, like you said, another way of kind of
1: bridging the two mm-hmm. with this kind of uh, common... Theme, if you
0: will, kind of like a more a more organic version of kind of what we saw in um, God. What's the name of that fucking the follow up to Mister Vampire, the one that we did with Rob. Yeah, I know. You're
1: about. Um, it was The Exorcist. Um...
0: Exorcist Master, yeah, Exorcist Master. Remember how that kind of That's a jokingly yeah. blended. Yeah. Eastern and Western. You're mixing them both, yeah. This is like the organic, we're taking it super serious version of we're going to blend these two things. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a good representation. I thought it was super impressive. I was like, I don't understand what's going on in parts of this, but I know what they're getting at. Right. Like what the aim is. I like that. I think what's interesting
1: here, once he does that, once she calls him out too, there has to be something noted. Somebody else have noted this has kind of helped with some of my note-taking is coincidentally there's some like sexual theme kind of stuff going on right with the Japanese guy being accused of maybe raping one of the women who's a victim of these rash of murders and stuff like that or
0: right we kind of skipped over it but in between as he's been investigating the murder we find right. out that well he recognized the woman from the burnt down house as being the naked woman mm-hmm. from the police station right. that one night. And that's like and then, right after that, she started going around town being naked and shit. And then she, oh, after they apprehended her, she ended up committing suicide too. Exactly. So, you know, there's these strange coincidences happening around And this. they find out, yeah, they find out from one of their homeboys that apparently the Japanese man had raped her. That's when she started going naked at night. Uh-huh. Now,
1: what that also could imply, because... Jungu asks his daughter if she encountered the Japanese guy. She's like, Yes.
0: But she won't tell him where or when. Right? I thought they were good. They don't go deep into that, but it's hinted at that some shit. So happened.
1: it makes me wonder when she has that it's not necessarily an outburst per se, but when she call when she quote unquote calls him out for looking up her skirt and stuff like that, maybe it's implied like there has been some other stuff going on already. Not mm-hmm. with him. Maybe with, with right, the Japanese guy, if you will, at this point. That's all I'm saying is, like, I don't know. Somebody else pointed out, too, is, like, maybe this rash, is it could be used as, like, a metaphor for, like, this venereal disease or an STD going around, spreading around town, affecting mm-hmm. families. But I don't know how much you want to read
0: that. I don't know. It's also just kind of, I think it's not a stretch to do that, but I kind of feel like it's... Once again, in in order to bridge the gap, it's supposed to be a lot more simple and it's just the mark of evil.
1: I think that makes a lot more sense to me than trying to go the sexual route with it. You know? I don't
0: think the sexual route is a giant stretch. I did feel like the movie was kind of hinting that, too. But then the movie also moves away from it, it rather quickly. It really does. It like shifts away from it. So, yeah, I think
1: maybe a little bit. I'm going to say maybe like a tinge at yeah. best at best a tinge there. All right. But anyway, anyway, what this, like I said, leads back to is him going back to the Japanese guy's house,
0: confronting him, going back to his, his shit. That's another scene. That's both super serious and super funny because he's having to do it all through the translator. Yeah, it is. And he's like, tell him this, <laughs> tell him this. you fucking cocks.
1: <laughs> While he is like going off in Korean the whole time, trying to get the guy to translate in Japanese and back and forth. <laughs> you know, you're like I think the guy kind of gets it by your tone. <laughs> yeah, which I think is also a little bit at the point of the scene. I was gonna say maybe that's a metaphor, for perhaps with like maybe bridging Western audiences to the Korean slash Asian, yeah, you know, market. You're like, hey, yeah, we can bridge the gap a little bit. Like you might not necessarily know exactly what he's saying,
0: but you can get that he's pissed off. <laughs> yeah, you get the point of what he's doing there.
1: Yes. And you know it's you not You get that he's good. mad.
0: You get that... Yeah. He's not being diplomatic right now. No. <laughs> you know. No. Okay, so... I never like to see harm come to an animal. Luckily, we don't actually have to see him kill the dog. Right. But in context of what you know by the end of the movie, is it a bad thing he killed the dog? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, not necessarily. Is the dog potentially a hellhound? I was thinking that if you're... Following along what this movie's trying to say, yes. The dog's not in the story enough in, to... No, no, no. ...to give any particular answer. precise conclusion right. But I think... I think you, it's not a
1: far-fetch. Nope, yeah, no, pun. I, I no puns. No puns.
0: <laughs> I noticed the second time around, I was having a, a lot harder time feeling sorry for the dog. Yeah, I mean, considering. and I'm knowing, almost certain there's no
1: real dogs got hurt in this film. Of course, of course. But, but, but. In,
0: in the terms of the film,
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, no one wants to see that, but... You know, I'm sorry, dude. This is
0: a hellhound. Yeah. It it at least is potentially a hellhound, which is more than I can say about any other dog in my life. Right. <coughs> Considering where I'm at,
1: this house that I've, I'm in, what I've seen, what my partner's seen. Yeah. This dog's not nice. But that kind of comes with a little bit of retaliation in a way. It does, because that's another thing I was getting at, too, is when he returns,
0: there's a eviscerated goat hanging not it's not even like when he returns it's the next morning yeah wakes up. that's right and he can't go see it because he's 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 all all fucked up up. yeah so he
1: needs to go see an acupuncturist a little bit later on but you're right that's when his wife and i think his mother-in-law find that Mm -hmm. and they're
0: yelling at him to get out here and he's like what the fuck's going on and he can't go help his family because he's all fucked up and he's just like Falls out of bed, like, half of his body not working and shit. Right. And it's almost like they put a hex on him or mm-hmm. that was, like, a
1: a curse that was put on him. It's like, all right, fuck around and find out. <laughs> all right. So um, it's not long after this is where they kind of, like,
0: enlist the help of the shaman because the girl's, her health is starting to deteriorate. And- right. At that point, is it, I can't remember, is it his wife or the grandma that's, like... This is it, we're calling a shaman, we're getting somebody in here. I, man, I'm almost... It, I'm trying to think, is it around the same time, like, where... And don't they specifically oh, yeah, get... I don't know they, aren't I Aren't they, like... I know like, I know the shaman was recommended by this gal down the street, who I think ends up being one of the other murder victims or something, right? Right.
1: And um, even What's-Her-Face mentions it, too, like, the lady in white. She mentions a shaman and what happened, and she kind of gives a little brief mm-hmm. overview... But what I was getting up uh, before they enlist his help is while he's getting the ac- acupuncture and all that stuff, they left the daughter with like a neighbor. Yeah, and she wants up fucking that neighbor up, and that's what it is. Is they take her to the hospital and shit's not going right, you know, and that's like we need the help of that her, her his. I guess is it, is it his mom? Or I don't the, know
0: whose mom that is.
1: Yeah, one of, one of the two's mom is like yeah we need to enlist. The help of the shaman. And, I, and so the first oh, time no. through... It's mother-in-law. Okay. It's it's her mom. Okay. So the first time through, what I was thinking at this point was like, they're bringing a guy in to exorcise a demon out of this girl mm-hmm. because she's possessed. That's where... You were saying that this basically becomes the exorcist at this point. this second act, if you will. Mm-hmm. And
0: I was like, oh. And a really good version of the exorcist. I'm no, I now. really like it, dude. That whole... Ceremony ritual thing, I was like, Oh, this is really cool. Now, I can't confirm this because I don't know anything about this shit myself, but I was reading somebody say online where if you're familiar with those rituals, it isn't an exorcism. Like, neither of the times. Right, they are, right, right. if you're familiar with those rituals, supposedly you can recognize that it is hexes that he's working both times. That's pretty neat. And Although technically I, the second time he does say that he's performing a death hex, he just doesn't say yeah. on who. Precisely. No, that's kind of what I'm getting at. As the first time
1: through, I was just taking it at face value that he was trying to perform this ritual, right, to both a lift this curse and to attack the demon or whatever, the mm-hmm. evil spirit that's inhabited this girl. And in this form, I was thinking, oh, because they juxtapose it with the Japanese guy performing... Ritual, And in this case, I thought it was like, oh, they're doing a, like a point counterpoint. Like, oh, he's doing a death hex. I mean, well, fuck you. I'm doing a counter death hex. Well, let's, let's
0: back up <laughs> first. Cause first you have the first ritual, which is more just like a standard exorcism that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a bit of talk. Yeah. In yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Where he's kind of like this, like going out there, hitting the blades and spitting at her. <laughs> and especially, well, first time through... Some of that in-between stuff doesn't make as much sense. The second time through, you start to pick up more. Like the conversation he has with the shaman while the shaman's getting dressed. Hmm. I'm pretty sure everything the shaman's telling him in that instance is true.
1: Yeah. Um, here's here's something too, that I think
0: symbolically
1: that can be easy to miss, because I was like, damn, that's a dope ass tracksuit. Was it's not it's not necessarily the fact that it's dope, is his change in wardrobe right? He goes into this white wardrobe, and even his like little codpiece mimics the Japanese guys in the demon state, Mm. you know. But then he turn turns he puts on that black tracksuit, which you could say oh he's going from white, which symbolizes purity, to black, which sometimes symbolizes
0: evil, in the darkness or whatever. It's like
1: ah. That's kind of a clue if you're paying attention. It's a switch for him. And it's
0: during that convo that he points out. It's like, it's not personal to your daughter. He just, he's like, do you know what you're going to catch when you go out fishing? No, you just bait the lure and throw it right. out. Right. And, and that's what something. I'm saying, getting in earlier mm-hmm. with the opening frame, So you get the guy out there
1: hooking the worm. He's fishing, if you will. hmm <laughs> <laughs> You know?
0: So it's like, oh, all right. Well, and the rape also was supposed to have happened down by the lakeside, mm-hmm. presumably based on what he was wearing, while the Japanese guy was out fishing. fishing.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is like, okay, okay. And it's clever. Like I said, it's a clever
0: way of playing with time, looping you in and out of the story. And honestly, the actor that's the shaman, I think, is giving a bit of a low-key acting class once you know what his character is really up to Mm -hmm. during that scene, because there's a story with his character that they don't tell us in this movie. We don't know exactly how he got into this, but I think a lot of the things he's saying in the scenes talking to the family is he's pretty much telling them the truth and that He is probably also being used in some way by the demon. The only reason he's alive is because he basically agreed to be the worm. That's what you're saying, yeah. That's yeah. That's more the metaphorical aspect of it. And I think that's told a lot more through his acting than anything in the movie. I think that's a solid point. He's more or less like the bait for the families. But I think him being not. Entirely willing bait, but willing to do what it takes to survive, explains some of the other actions he takes from this point I, I, I on think in the movie. That and there's a
1: there's some intimation too at the fact that he charges a nice little penny for his services. Mm-hmm. So you know you can say, well, there's money involved, and we all know what that
0: can lead to. But I think him being not a hundred percent willing bait explains things like. When he's trying to get out of town, yeah, like he's trying to dip the fuck up out of there. Did the Uh, plague hit him? (laughs) I was about to say, I think you can interpret that as his master telling him, "No, you still have shit. The job is not done, bro. Turn your ass back around." Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that's I know that's way forward, but no, I read that as well. Second time through, especially
0: makes a lot more sense. I think that was the thing. That first time going through, realizing that he was trying to get out, made me see these scenes a little bit different. And when I was looking for those things, I'm like, "Okay, I think he also got hooked." Yeah, but now he's a bait fish. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think it it is more more
1: or less like that. Sometimes you get put in these circumstances, then you have to make a choice. You know, and sometimes these choices have these consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, so,
0: yeah, I think there's a little bit of that at stake, too, in terms of the storytelling. When did Park chan Bay get in that car crash? We see mm-hmm. the demon go find his body. You know, I can't remember exactly when. I
1: think that's a good question, but I think the more important question is this. Perhaps, is because we see that body, you know, his body specifically, in the truck or whatever in the woods, and you see the Japanese guy discover it. And like I said, it kind of aligns with those rituals coinciding with each other, you know, cause I, cause first, that comes up next. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, cause for me it was more or less like I was reading that as, like I said, it was more like a, a battle if you will, like a spiritual battle between the shaman and the Japanese guy who is the evil spirit, you know, mm-hmm. Because of what's kind of happening, you know, he's doing his ritual, he's doing these things. Not only that, but it's also fucking a little girl up. So you're like, oh, it's working. <laughs> mm, no. I mean, yes and no. <laughs> you know, but, but at the same time, that Japanese guy has a picture
0: of homeboy in the truck. He's like, so, hmm. yeah, second time through, I caught what was happening more. That sequence where it looks like they're fighting against each other, the shaman is fighting no name.
1: Yeah. He is trying to lift her hexes or whatever her, little per, trap her protection she has. and shit.
0: Right. That's that in particular is the section where people were talking about online, like, look, if you are familiar with these rituals, then he's not attacking somebody who's has a spiritual hold on this little girl. Mm-hmm. He's attacking the village deity. That's exactly second time through. I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense because
1: this is where I was going to say this is probably the more important question because this is exactly what it's leading to. was the Japanese guy, he more or less is just a vessel, in my opinion, of the, the evil spirit, mm-hmm. right, in human form. And what I think he's doing, the evil spirit, is transferring into that other guy in the fucking mm-hmm. truck, <laughs> You know, and then the guy who the Japanese guy who was possessed is now his normal self again and literally caught up in this evil spirit scheme, whereas now it's it's spirit hopped. Now it's come back to attack those guys because <laughs> they happen to be back at his pad. And he's he, the Japanese guys tucked in the woods watching this and he's horrified. He's <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? There's a reanimated corpse is attacking these dudes is it goes after 23. Mm-hmm. this kind of funny again. does it go
0: after the deacon. Yeah. See, I think, yeah, the thing, yeah, that the Japanese guy's ritual, it's weird. Cause I feel like it's a little bit of both because I do feel like he did still have something to do with the shaman's ritual, but I think it's more because he was already exerting influence on the girl mm-hmm. that when the shaman's ritual attacking the village deity stopped, that meant all those protections slam back in place on her.
1: Yeah, I see that. So
0: it's kind of like he was working a ritual to zombify uh, Park Chan Bei or whatever his name is, but it's like he was working that ritual while he had his hand out, and his hand got fucking slammed in a door by that other ritual getting stopped.
1: Yeah, there's there's a couple. Yeah, I said different pieces at play here. It's kind of like a. a you kind of have to put it's it explored. together yourself. They don't tell you. It's, it, it is cleverly done in terms of visual representation and storytelling because of all these narratives going on, these little subplots, too, with these characters. But th- that was the thing I was wondering now the second time through was because what it leads to is actually that Japanese guy's death. Like, I think literal death mm. because they dump his fucking body. And the only other time you see him return, if you will, is much later on when the deacon confronts the quote-unquote Japanese guy. But it, I think that's not really... He's just using that guy's... And then he really shows his true form. Mm-hmm. Because the, the Japanese guy's already dead.
0: I also think to go along with all the things that we've... Be, we haven't... Uh, I mean, we, no, talked, I uh, we, we talked about a little bit of like what they found like in the the weird... satanic altar and stuff and how he was using the the photo of the crashed guy in his ceremony to bring him back as a zombie i think the photos have to do with souls 100 percent. interestingly enough i've had that
1: experience with another culture and it's like oh i I totally get it because there are some beliefs around that like the camera can capture the spirit Mm -hmm. and i was like okay i get that so you know if you don't feel comfortable,
0: I'm, I'm, you know, I'm cool with that. And, yeah, and that's the thing. And, once again, it seems like there's rules in place that they don't tell us all of, but they are consistent with them. Mm-hmm. So sure we can are. kind of infer some things. It does seem like he needs pictures of both before and after.
1: Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah, like, like the pure and then the <laughs> corruption, I suppose. Or something. Something like that, I don't know. I'm just... Making on some stuff, but
0: yeah, for whatever reason, yeah, he needs the before and after. That that goes along with his little scheme here. Oh yeah, because in the end, when he's confronting the deacon, is when the shaman goes and gets those after pictures for him.
1: Yeah, boy, <laughs> I need them pictures, bro.
0: <laughs> Not plus it, the old pictures. Yeah, but, of course, but but he also goes and snaps the yeah the quote unquote and after. old pictures because yeah. they already have all the befores. It's it's good. But I think that is the
1: metaphor there, if you will. It's like the capturing of the spirit. It's kind of like a spiritual battle in the sense that, yeah, you have this evil spirit who's collecting spirits. If you want to read it from the Judeo-Christian, it's like, yeah, uh, the devil collecting spirits for Mm -hmm. hell and vice versa for
0: Jesus and his homeboys up in heaven. I mean, this is the part where the movie, you have to pay attention because otherwise it's just a lot of weird shit happens one after another because you have, like, the zombie attack Mm -hmm. and... Then the shaman's going to get out of town and then apparently and then he has to or no, he's not going to get out of town at first until he runs into no name and just running into her makes him fucking violently fucking that first time through confused the shit out of me. Yeah.
1: Because I was like, all right, what the fuck is going on now?
0: Well, that first time through plays into what they try to get you to believe. The only actual twist in the movie that happens at the very end of the movie.
1: Yeah, I know, right? Fuck me. (laughs) But, nonetheless, I'm like, what is going on here? Why is this dude violently throwing up? And she's like, get. Yeah, get on out of here. I'm like, whoa, that seems sinister.
0: That's kind of what they're playing you to believe. And then he's going to get, but then a plague locusts hit his car. Then you're like, what the fuck?
1: And he gets out and there's nothing. You're like, oh... Alright, so he turns around, calls up Junggu, and he's like, You do not need to trust her. You need to get back to your daughter right now. And the whole time, the lady in white now that Junggu's back, you know, from dumping the body and stuff I was saying earlier, after he and his boys, you know, have done their, their little deed, is he's confronted with do I trust this this woman who's telling me if I have to wait for the crow to to cry out three times before I return home, otherwise i risk Having my whole family killed, while I'm having the shaman on the phone telling me not to trust her, because she's in cahoots. <laughs> she is not mm-hmm. yeah. So what do I do here? And but that's the whole thing is like testing, quote unquote, your faith. Or so he hears what two of the the cries. Mm-hmm. She reaches out and grabs him. She's basically warning him. And then it brings back that whole quote from earlier about the ghosts and shit can't grab you. So that makes me wonder, too, in a sense, because I don't really explain it. Was that a woman who's being inhabited by this, the deity
0: of the town or the spirit of the town? Maybe, but it does seem to be just a little bit more, she's just the village deity. Yeah, yeah, more like just the physical
1: form of it, I suppose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, but it's like it doesn't really explain it, but a little bit. <laughs> really. I think that's
0: the thing. It's like, she's not a ghost. That doesn't mean she's not... Supernatural She's right. something else Yeah she's t- I think that's more That's probably more fitting And once again With the blending The east and the west Yeah I was just saying That's And with the more Well fitting. I was gonna say With the blending The east and the west You have it being A play on Before the cock crows Three times You will deny me mm. From the Jesus story So there you go That makes more sense It's more of a bridge Between the two cultures mm-hmm. And that makes more sense So I understand that But And so if she's the good mm-hmm. Well Before, in this case, the crow cod three times, he denied her. He definitely did, because once he starts heading back towards his
1: home, you see that little trap or the hex that she set, the flower Mm -hmm. (laughs) starts to wither. The plant trap. Yeah, and then Venus flytrap. No, (laughs) it's not, but he enters the home, and there's just mayhem, carnage, if you will. Uh, finds his mother-in-law finds his wife they're all butchered up in the closet whatever the fuck and um, it's just him and his daughter and you're like <laughs> you know it's not gonna end well for him this is like some pet cemetery shit <laughs> you know in the midst of that too uh, you feel kind of bad because in a sense in films typically maybe from the west I don't know much so from the east but at least from the west Hollywood tends to give you the happy ending mm-hmm you know, So you're expecting him to be like, oh, he returns home when the curse is actually lifted and mm-mm, mm-mm,
0: mm-mm. He you fucked
1: up. You don't get none of that. <laughs> you don't get none of that. Like I said, what happens and coincides with that, you also have 23 who actually confronts because he, he goes back and talks to his mentor or whatever his elder about what's going on. And he's like, you know, you just have to confront it, I suppose, or whatever. And he's mm-hmm. just kind of almost like writing the guy off. He's like, fuck it, I'm going. I know what I saw. I know what it is. Yeah, he finds out real quick. To me, the funny thing is he gets his photo taken. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Which means nothing good's about to happen to no, him. No, it's like, you're fucked. He's like, who said it? I'm going to let you leave? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Well, we're explaining like it all happens one after each other. No, it's just the fucking awkward. the shaman coming back to town. Wrapping up his business and going and taking photographs wow. is intercut with homeboy getting home and having his fucking the conversation with no name beforehand. Yeah, which is intercut with it's like the, the, all these things are happening. So 23 going off and doing that. Yeah. And especially at the end, you have mostly bounces back and forth between homeboy fucking bleeding out in his house and then cutting over Gosh. to finding out that according to his own words, the Japanese man is actually the devil. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. And then you see him in demon form.
1: Yeah, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> you know, so, like, it's the first time through, all that shit was confusing as fuck because it's like, all right,
0: I'm seeing. Well, the then Japanese you get the stinger, the though, because we see the Japanese guy's the devil. And then yeah. it cuts back over to the shaman bringing the shit out to the car. Right. And he drops the box. And there's like all those photos from earlier that were supposed to have been burned
1: up. But oh no. Nope. <laughs> He's in on it. And, you know, and then it all clicks uh, together. Yeah, at that point. Like I said, at that point it's like, okay. And that's where I think I maybe even told you that. I was like, yeah, I watched it and but I was like, man, I have to go really go back through this second mm-hmm. time and pay attention because there's some confusing stuff in here that I kind of got lost in. And this is kind of where I was getting lost in. Now here's something that's interesting, right? Is we we find out, at least in the context of this film, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it appears that evil has won, mm-hmm. right? But there was a deleted ending. I don't know if you read about this. I read about this. This is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: this kind of lets you know here, too. So, Well, the deleted ending is kind of like, if you didn't know, if you didn't get this, here is a more direct. It's still not super direct. It's still subtle. But here's a more direct view of what was going on. Yeah, yeah well, Exactly and so i'm just gonna i'm gonna read the description straight off the wikipedia for all those at home who might not realize that this is has a deleted ending in a deleted scene happening right after the conclusion of the story the japanese man is seen sitting on a bench by the roadside he spots a family on the other side of the road and invites a child to him by offering her candies but the mom picks up the kid before she manages to reach the stranger a car driven by il guang who's the the shaman arrives and picks up the Japanese man before leaving in the center of the road. No name witnesses the car fading away into the horizon. Yeah, that doesn't, I kind of wish they would have left it in, but I also get in a film this subtle, not going like, yeah. by the way, here at the end, if you didn't get it, it's not the worst scene to ever, but I'm glad they didn't be honest.
1: Because then it would be, like, kind of like, oh, well, if you're not smart enough to figure it out, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. Fucking idiot. (laughs) But, no, I like a little bit of the ambiguity. For instance, the first time through, it was like, why would, you know, this lady in white be wearing this dude's jacket and having this girl's, like, little bow and shit? Because that's what made him suspicious to begin with, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, but then again, I was like, well, it's clever in the regard, like, not everything that you think is sinister is sinister. And that's kind of, they think, what the message was, mm-hmm. is that he just, he was reading it wrong. Like, he was reading his wrong instincts, if you will, in this particular scenario. I was like, she told him a long time ago, you know, what was going on, and he's still denying her. It's like, the doubting Thomas, mm-hmm. perhaps his character, if you will. that Yeah, maybe. But... I was like, you know, I like that. It makes you think a little bit beyond the easy narrative. Like, do I literally need to hold your hand and walk you this entire story to spell out what this is? Or can I do it in a clever way where it's a little shrouded in mystery, but it's still getting the message across? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the director did a fantastic job with that and everybody else involved with the editing and you know, the score and the cinematography is beautiful and stuff like that. And the actors, they all did a great job of portraying this. I did read a little bit, too, like, um the girl who played the daughter, Ojin, mm-hmm. is like she – I think she did like ballet or she did some kind of like dance instruction for several months to, I guess, get her body prepared for some of the contortions and shit like that. So, oh, okay. I mean, there was some dedication is what I'm getting mm-hmm. at to, to their parts. And, um know, yeah, the more I'm watching – not just Asian, but I think specifically Korean too, is they do a good job with family drama and like crime detective stories, supernatural elements, and not making them like super bland and very predictable. It's like they weave things together pretty neatly, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: I appreciate that. I mean, I already kind of went off on it earlier, but this film far and away might be one of the best representations of East meets West I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, dude. Just how well you can follow what's going on, even when you don't know what's going and on. And not only that, but the Also, term- the no-name having also things from what ended up being the victims, if you think about Western witchcraft, makes sense. Yeah. Because you tend to have to have something of the person A that Memento, you're working magic yeah, on. keepsake. It makes sense, man, when you're trying to put hexes or
1: protection spells or something. Yeah, you need... You have to have something. Physical there. something, yeah. And that's kind of what I was getting at. That's where... When you're reading it, it could be read as the sinister aspect, like, oh, I need these to do curses and spells, and it's like, well, yeah, there's also the inverse of that, or the opposite Mm of that, and that's protection spells and what have you. So, yeah. Yeah, I said, another thing I think this film dispels a little bit, for me at least, is the um, supernatural ghost, quote-unquote ghost Mm subgenre. Because I don't feel like this is a
0: ghost story, dude. I mean, it how is, but many, it's not really. How many times did we see people bring it up as a ghost story? Though? A lot. More than I think it needs to be said, quite I mean, frank. calling it an exorcism story makes more sense.
1: 100%. Um, ghost story, I could say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could say that with the deity, you know, the woman in white and stuff like that. But it's not ghost in, I think, maybe the Western sense. No. I think that's the confusing it's bit. spirits. Right. That's more appropriate. And that's where I think the supernatural makes a lot more sense in that regard. So I wouldn't maybe willingly call this movie a ghost story. Like, don't call it that, dude. <laughs> don't necessarily call it that. Like, maybe there's some spirits slash ghosts in this, but there's it's not a ghost
0: story. That's it. It's spirits and characters think <laughs> that they're ghosts <laughs> yeah. until they find out they're wrong. Right. Exactly. So... Be careful. (laughs) Just because the characters think uh, they're
1: ghosts doesn't mean they're ghosts. It really relieved me when I was like, man, we're not really doing a ghost story. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. So there's that. But I can definitely see what the buzz is about. Highly recommend it, especially if you have an afternoon
0: to chill out, enjoy a good Korean film. Yeah, man, it's, it's a good one. I agree. Like this is fucking, as far as I'm concerned, Korea is just like continually knocking it out of the park no complaints like prior to this i did
1: watch uh, memories of murder and once again that one's a little bit more straightforward but it's still pretty clever and it's well done and for all the same reasons kind of like this one they do a really good job of hitting you with some of the beats and the emotional impacts with
0: family and all that other stuff so another one i'd recommend as well Mm -hmm. next week we don't have planned that's right. Ooh. Next week we have to interrupt ourselves. Oh yeah,
1: that's a good point.
0: Because we've got a holiday coming up. Because we have a holiday coming up. Yo. Not everybody celebrates it, but we definitely do. So we don't know what's happening next week. But the weeks after we do. <laughs> At least the two after. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh we'll we'll figure out where we're gonna slot in a uh, Wizard of Gore. It'll probably we'll probably just do it still. Three weeks now. At this point, now instead of two weeks, oh, right. just so, just so that you all know, if you're a patron, up. now you know. <laughs> and we're gonna go figure out what our 420 Ooh, episode is gonna that's be. That's gonna this be year. fun. Hell yeah! God, I didn't realize it was so soon. Likewise. But after 420, <laughs> Hell yeah, we're gonna be finishing our Asia tour. Our this Asia tour. I think we've done a number of them at this point on this show, and we're gonna be heading back to Indonesia. For another Mo Brothers flick. Killers. It's gonna be fun. The trailer looked good, once again. We we had to check it out. And I know before the Mo Brothers impressed us with Rumidara. And which one worked on Ellis for Libido? I think it was Timo. I think so. Was it also Timo that did Queen of Black Magic? Or was that Chemo? Shit. I, I don't remember. I remember. Anyway. We've been digging this shit. These guys, Dude. they know what they're doing. Yeah, Indonesia, you've got yourself <clears throat> small tours when it comes to horror. So we're excited to see what they might be able to bring us with killers. Like I said, before that, we have to go figure out what we're doing for 420, because <laughs> we need to do it up. For reals. For this time, because I don't have anything else to say <laughs> on the whaling. Me either. I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms. Out. Oh.